It's time for another Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Teols. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. And please subscribe on either iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. So I've been doing this pinball profile for a little while and really only been into pinball for about four years. How did it all start? Blame this guy. Mike Dimas is the president of the London, Ontario Pinball League. And Mike, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. I thought I was pretty obsessed with pinball. You've uh, taken this to a whole new level. (laughs) I say I blame you. And the reason I say that is because you formed this league. We're in our eighth season already, correct? That is correct. That is amazing. It started for me four years ago. Somebody on Facebook said, we're going to go play pinball at a pinball league. I'm like, what is that? And really, in the last four years, there have been a lot of people that have joined the IFPA, over 40,000, in fact. So I'm not alone. I guess it's just really getting the word out. So how did you create the London Pinball League? Well, uh, it was sort of discussed here and there over a few years, and Everybody kind of thought it would be a good idea, and it was sort of a collaboration of a few people just decided to get together and have some meeting and talk about the potential for the Pinball League, and, you know, shortly thereafter, it began. We started with 12 people in, in our first league night, I believe it was, and that was our first year, and uh, we, I was actually just looking at some stats. We had over 80 people participate at least one night of league in that first year, so I am partly responsible for inflicting more than one person with the pinball obsession and uh, especially to you and to all those people I say you are welcome and I also apologize. Apologize to my wife. You don't have to apologize to me. I love it. But Julie Dorsers is another person that's been in the league for quite some time. She's the treasurer of our league. She was the women's champion at PAPA last year. So we've got a few uh, people that have done well in London and that have traveled and played in different places too. The London League, though, when you talk about 80 people in the first year, it is a huge league. It meets kind of about once every three to four weeks on a Saturday. And you've grown so much that you've had to expand it to two shifts. I've talked to some other people in Arizona and other places too about what what to do for capacity. So what made you come up with this idea? You just didn't want to turn anyone away? Yeah, that's basically it. We really have tried to make sure that anybody that wants to play is able to, but uh, our league is, as you know, in every in people's basements, there's really not a public location for us to do this. So we have finite space and uh, nobody's got uh, you know, enough space to host 50 people, 60 people in one sitting. So we have to divide it up into a couple shifts so we can accommodate everybody and uh, we do a pretty good job for the most part and pretty much never had to turn anybody away. You've probably seen different formats of leagues. Some people do direct play. Our league in London, you play six different games and it's kind of a best score league and you play six nights in the league and your best four count. So was that always the format for this league or what made you decide to use this type of best score format? I think it has always been a best score format the first couple of seasons were actually full year long seasons so it was not always the same format we decided to change it up and get a couple seasons per year so you don't have to be committed to coming out the whole entire year i mean you only had to play so many nights so we split it up uh, now we do uh, two seasons a year it's easier for people to to participate that way i think everybody likes it in terms of if we have more people interested, uh, capacity could be an issue. We don't really want to have to have one single host host three different shifts. I mean, for the host, it would be uh, a 
full day event and, and even uh, with two shifts. It is a pretty long day, but uh, it, it works the way we have it right now. And uh, who knows where, where the direction will go. Uh, could be open to changing formats, but uh, right now uh, we're just working with what works. Okay, what kind of changes would you make? Is it just really to accommodate? Well, you know, the Toronto League, they do uh, more of a match play style where the top players are grouped with the top players and they have a whole system that they do. And I believe that format, you know, you don't have to rely on the machine to work for eight hours. If a machine goes down, it's not machine dependent. It's just sort of, it's more match play, just how you did on that machine against those particular players. And not that uh, we would necessarily change that, but it's been a thought in my head. Like, hey, you know, there are other formats out there that that could work. But uh, yeah, things are going good the way they are now. What they do with the direct play, and I've seen other leagues do this as well too, is there's no need then for um, a playoff because you've had so much direct play with the league we have now in London, where it's a best score, there is a need for a playoff because there isn't a direct play element. So, yeah, it's interesting to see what all the different leagues are doing and, and the different formats, too. Let's put it this way. I drive an hour and a half to come to London. i born and raised in London, but I don't live in the city anymore. I like the league so much, and there's a lot of pinball to play in Ontario, as you know. Tri-City pinball. You've got the city pinball in both Toronto and Guelph. You've got pin-up league in Waterloo. There's, there's Bluffs and Scarborough. There's the Toronto Pinball League. There's a lot of pinball around and there a lot of leagues, but there's something that brings me back to London and the league that you created, Mike. It's it's great. Yeah, you keep coming back, and uh, you really <laughs> you have a busy schedule, and I know you really try hard to, to get your nights in, and uh, I guess that says something about the league and uh, your obsession with pinball as well, which is a good thing. <laughs> well, do you know what's interesting, too? Because there are different types of ways you me everyone kind of play pinball and here's three for example so me and you just might play and we'll just have some fun maybe we're it's a new game we've unboxed we've uh maybe want to have a little dollar challenge fake dollars of course not real money um, no real money of never real money of course who's believing that anyway uh so th- those are just kind of some fun things there's the league which is more social you know that's uh-huh. if you think about it if you were points hungry, a league is a good way to introduce you to new pinball machines, new locations. It's not all really about the points because it's really about the people. And that's what I like about leagues. Whereas tournaments like we just had in Pinburg or any of these other events, these kind of things, those are the ones where you kind of go for the points and try to up your standings if that's something that's of interest to you. But Yeah, they, if you're point hungry, you definitely don't need to participate for six months in a league. You can go to a weekend-long tournament and probably just get as many points throughout uh, that tournament if you play well rather than committing to a whole six month season so the league has definitely a more social aspect to it and uh, we're, we're breeding a lot of tournament players though like I mean yourself included a lot of people are getting really good at pinball and the league is partly responsible for that and we've turned a lot of people that never even knew what Pinbird was into being regular attendees. The league certainly introduced you to the IFPA and how the Whoppers work. That's one aspect that I didn't even know was a factor. I was just there to play pinball and see games I had never seen in a long, long time. 15 mm-hmm. years in fact, and that's what got me hooked back into it. And just the fun social atmosphere about it. And we hear other leagues talk about, you know, I wouldn't say there's coaching, but if you were to ask somebody, okay, what do I do? I've never seen this machine. Pretty much everyone's going to say, here, do this or go to pin 
win tips or whatever the case would be. That's what I like about the league atmosphere, too, and the people. And the tough thing, too, for you, Mike, as the president of the league and the executive, which I'm now a part of, it's a tough balancing act for any league to please everyone because there are people that do not care at all about points. There are people that want to be there for the social, maybe to have a drink or something. And the hard balancing act is to try to please everyone without going swaying the needle too far one way, I would say. Yeah, every uh, every aspect, every player in the spectrum from extreme to beginner and there's no way to please everybody, but uh, we try and manage. You've been one of the most difficult to please. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's just because my play sucks. Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, well, we adjust every year and do what we can and try and make it better every year. Well, you know, one thing we did last season, and I recommend this to other seasons, and it's not an original idea by any means, but uh, there's always the awards for top one, two, three, four people. And some people may never get there. So create something like maybe the top rookie or the most improved player. Because I remember when we handed out those awards this year, there were some pretty excited people that were looking at this nice trophy and going, wow, it's, it's not always about the trophies by any means, but just the acknowledgement that I've done well. And uh, I think that kind of hooks you in a little bit. Well, i got to give you credit for bringing that to the table because that was pretty much your idea to bring those types of awards. And you're responsible for the trophies, so you've done a great job with that and very cool trophies. And giving out awards for different uh, things like that it was a great idea. And, uh, you know, you're right. You know, not everybody's going to be able to qualify for a top four trophy, but uh, you can be rookie of the year, most improved, and uh, there's more prizes to give out. Let's shout out to David of Ulick Store in Michigan who provides those mm-hmm. great trophies. And there, and there are, I don't know where you are located when you're listening to this. There are trophies everywhere. Double Danger also has them as well, too. But look around. There's some unique things that you can get in pinball, and uh, we just happen to use Ulick Store in Michigan. They're very cool. I have a couple of them, and uh, sometimes when my friends come down, I'll turn them on just to... Uh, illuminate them and (laughs) I guess I don't know boast while I try and win their quarters off them we had the top four trophies before and I said let's eliminate the fourth place one Uh and make the rookie (laughs) of the year and make the uh, most improved player by the Uh, way I was fourth both times last year so there go my trophies but I was glad to see it go for something like that doesn't matter but I did get to do something I wanted to do so you've got the grand champion which Joe Stancic seems to win all the time he won that but we created a special one for second place and I think you won that what's it called oh I think I might have that one let me go walk over here let's see says London Ontario Pinball League season eight second place the Josh Sharp not sure who that is runner up award Mike Dimas June <laughs> 2018 so that was cute I'm glad I have that trophy there you go Josh immortalized <laughs> not just on a team Josh t-shirt but you're on the London trophies as well <laughs> oh yeah he's immortalized <laughs> what are we gonna do if he ever wins one of these things oh I can throw my trophy out okay fair enough don't worry about it it's safe now, Mike, you also are in the podcasting game, too. Now, you chickened out at the TTI at Pinburg. You uh, you left early. We know about that. But you also are a podcaster. And here in London, Ontario, you said, uh, you know, I'm going to take not just the London name. I'm going to take all of our huge country with 36 million people. I'm going to call it the Canadian podcast. Yeah, why not? You know, go big or go home. We try. Uh, we're the most hackiest of podcasts out there with almost zero listeners. So uh, it's definitely a fun way to kill time because uh, 
if anybody has heard it, they know it's mostly just us going on road trips. That's when we record and uh, definitely uh, gives us something to do and kills time on our long road trips. And if anybody happens to find it entertaining, then cool. But uh, yeah, we had to, I had to back out. Well, I didn't have to back out of the TTI trash talker action, but I, I suck so bad at Pinburg that I didn't qualify for any playoffs. I was relegated to the D division. I didn't even qualify for playoffs. So I was like, well, I played a lot of pinball this weekend. Going home is an option. And unfortunately, it wasn't a bad option, but I did miss out on the trash talker, which I was excited about. I had the T-shirts made up and everything. And, uh, and I, you know, I mentioned uh, to Chuck on his page that me and my team spared everybody a, a brutal beating by us going home early. So we, uh, you know, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All talk there, Mike. But you and Tony do this Canadian Pinball Podcast. And again, for those who haven't heard it, when you talk about the road trips too, the thing I know about you, Mike, and even today, you're always acquiring pinball machines. You're an operator. You like to fix them up, move them out. Your rotation is huge there in your basement. That's what gave you the idea to do the podcast. But really, I'm more interested in this obsession of buying pinball machines. I mean... Is it exciting to get the good deal? Is it exciting for the project? What is it for you? A little bit of everything. Definitely uh, the the excitement to buy a new pinball machine and going to pick it up and acquiring it and bringing it home. It's definitely very exciting. And uh, I learned after, you know, about 100 pinball machines that it's uh, kind of addicting. And yes, as you called me earlier today, I was like, oh, yeah, just on the way back from Brantford picking up a pinball machine. Surprise, surprise. This week was a bit uh, exceptional. I purchased seven pinball machines this week. <laughs> yes, I have a problem. I know it. But I definitely get to keep my uh, collection fresh when every time I host the league, uh, there's always something new in the collection. And, uh, you know, anybody that from league comes, it's like, oh, what's new in the collection? Because they can uh, usually assume at least one or two machines is different. And But, yep, I like restoring them. I, I've done all kinds of restorations and all kinds of fun projects. And... Um, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of everything. I enjoy the, every aspect. I've achieved many levels of obsession myself. Uh, there's an obsession ladder. I've probably jumped off the top of it, and uh, that's what's fun about it. Have you ever figured out how many games you've owned in your lifetime? I don't know the exact number, but, you know, in the last five years is when this craziness is, began about five years ago, and easily over 100 machines since then. I'm afraid to count. You're really becoming an expert at fixing these, too. I see you on the Facebook group, Pinball Repair, and always asking questions. Do you use other forums to figure out what problems might come up? Uh, yeah, I use a little bit of Pinside occasionally, or Pinball Repair Help Group, or um, ask a couple friends. But that Pinball Repair Help Group has a lot of real experience, long-term operators, repairs, professionals, uh, hobbyists. There's a lot of smart people. Clay Harrell comments every once in a while. He is the you know owner of the VFW, of course. If anybody knows anything about pinball, it's definitely him. And there's resources out there. If you have a question about pinball repair, it's not too hard to find it out there. So diligent research and uh, a little bit of help, or a lot of help, and uh, you can probably fix most stuff. Back to acquiring games, you've seen the prices just skyrocket exponentially over the last few years, especially in the older games where you're paying almost new in box prices for some of the older games. Do you think we've reached the peak of prices or do you think it's just still going to continue, especially with the older games when they're not remaking them? I think 
with the older games, I think they're maintaining their current values. I think with the higher priced games, older or newer, they're kind of reaching a peak. They're a little tougher to sell because uh, there's so much out there to choose from in the, in the new and high-end market. So I find those are a little starting to soften up a little bit. But that also is what holds the value of the older machines because you know you can buy an older machine for two three four thousand dollars which sounds real cheap compared to six seven eight nine ten thousand for the newer machines so i think the older machines are still holding up and uh the higher end and newer machines are starting to cool down a little bit well mike i appreciate you coming on pinball profile i know i'll be seeing you soon at the london ontario pinball league and uh, best of luck in your next acquisition Thank you very much. And uh, just as a side note, I remember one thing about League that uh, happened to you, and I don't know if you ever told this story to your fans, but... I, I, uh, I know where we're going. You know where we're going with this. And, the, the, uh, is I don't it, know if you ever told this story, but if not, you really should just give uh, a quickie of this story. Is this the only time I ever won the London League? <laughs> I'd have to check this stats, it is. but it is possible. So, all right, since you're on here, I didn't... <laughs> The only time I ever won the London League, I almost didn't make the finals because I had to go to the hospital to get emergency stitches when a sword that had to be at least a foot, maybe 18 inches long, fell off the wall and stuck into my arm, blood gushing like Monty Python. Oops. (laughs) I was doing really, really well. In fact, I think you and I had to play three times match play and I got you all three times and so... I don't know if you were the one to shake the wall to get the sword to fall, but uh, I just wrapped it up. Listen to this. I wrapped it up, and remember, I live an hour and a half away, wrapped it up as tight as I could, continued to play, got lucky, won the league, then went to a baseball game. I didn't tell you this. After the league, I went to a baseball game to see my friend's kid play. Oh, my. So we played, what, 1 o'clock? I get stabbed at 3. It's it's stuck in my arm. I have to pull the sword out of my arm. Oh, my. Wow. I go to a baseball game. At 11 o'clock at night, I take the wrap off, gush once again. Hey, stupid, you might want to get a stitch in that. Holy crap. (laughs) So the moral of the story is, if you want to win in pinball, there's got to be blood. Yes, it's very dangerous. We might kick the wall just as you're walking by it and hope something jumps off and stabs you. I haven't won in a while, so I'll take it. You know what? I'm going to the Buffalo Pinball Summer Open. There's got to be some anchors at that yacht club. I'm sure I could get stabbed there. Oh, there we go. I might come and join you. All right. Excellent. Mike, all the best. We'll see you soon, buddy. All right. Sounds good. See you probably tomorrow, actually. This has been your Pinball Profile. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. And please subscribe on either iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Check out our website, pinballprofile.com. I'm Jeff Teolis.